saying, hey, what up? This podcast rebellion. We're back at it again. Legal Gambling Council in the Second Line Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Mr. Austin Gray, our official Legal Gambling Council, Ben Woodhouse, and Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, lovely Thursday evening. Welcome. Hello. What's up? What up? Wish, wish we had some revs to talk about. Yeah, unfortunately we don't. Um, but next week we will. Uh, so this is just another little extra bye week for everybody to relax and uh, hey, kick back. Hey, real quick, look, let's talk about that, Zach. So Tennessee tweeted out earlier. I don't know, like their their office of you know campus affairs or whatever tweeted about uh, get your tickets to the Texas A and M game the twelfth of December. Is there a concern that we're not going to play next week in Tennessee? I thought that they had everything fixed around where everyone was going to get to play ten games. I would, from what I heard today, I would bank on Ole Miss and A&M playing next week. Okay. And I definitely I just, think they're going to get the games in. I just, someone earlier was like, oh, I'd, I'd actually rather just be four and four than, uh, like, you know, lose the last two games, you know, because yeah. it's 500. I'm, who cares? I just want to watch Ole Miss play football. I mean, I don't really want to see us lose by, like, 70, but that's not going to happen. So just go out there and play football. And also missing the last two games – I mean, it's never good when you're not on TV. It's never good when, like, yep. you know, even if LSU's getting beat, you can they can you know tell these guys, hey, turn on the TV. You know, we're going to be on ESPN tonight, and we can be like, oh, hey, turn on uh, YouTube uh, and watch some highlights of us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's absolutely beneficial to be be out there to be seen. And look, I mean this this Ole Miss team, two very winnable games left, and uh, you definitely want to be on TV, continuing to build the brand that uh, Lane Kiffin's done such a good job of so far. So, um, all right, so no Ole Miss to pick, uh, but we do have some SEC games. Nick, go ahead, and uh, the keys are yours, and let's get this thing uh, cranked up and rolling. All right, let's uh, start off with the game of the week, 4 o'clock, SEC Network, Vanderbilt, travels down to Athens. Uh, looks like you're going to be catching 35 and a half if you want the doors. Over under fifty three and a half. Oh, uh, you said this is game of the week too. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's the best game that you're going to see all week, assuming that you like beat down. Uh, this is a sleeper game. I mean, Georgia will probably cover, but only because they're going to win like thirty eight to nothing. Yeah, I was going to say I'm laying the points, like a like a forty eight ten type game. I don't know what Vandy really has to play for. Um, I did hear on talk radio around Nashville today that the players are, are not, you know, they're, they're not looking at this as like, Oh, like we might as well opt out. Like they're, they're, they're kind of trying to finish the season strong for Derek Mason. And well, I mean, they already went to Vanderbilt in the first place. It's not like they went there expecting to win championship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, you knew what you were getting yourself into. Um, Yeah. I'm laying the points. But what does Georgia have to play for too? So, man, I, I just you say you say like thirty eight ten or you may have said forty eight ten. I just I don't even know if Georgia wants to score forty eight points. Like, do they want to hit anybody? Do they want to go out and and I mean, what do they have to look forward to? Uh, I mean, what are they best case scenario looking at like a cap one bowl? Probably. Yeah, if you wanted to take Vandy, the only thing that would concern me there would be you know J T Daniels wanting to flex a little bit and. Uh, you know, build on his past performances and get Georgia up into the 40s. If Georgia even approaches 40, there's absolutely no shot for Vandy to cover here. And there may not be anyway, but I don't know. I, you know, I, just as last week we said Vandy was showing signs of life going into Mizzou, they get blanked. So who knows where their heads are at? And they may want to put on a brave face for Mason, but as Ben said, they're still just Vandy. So, you know, even if they want to try to show up for the coach, um, and make a make a stand. I can't imagine it happening, but that's a huge number. Uh, obvious stay away here, but I probably would lay them if I had to take it. I'll be quick here. I would lay the points. It's a stay away for me too. Just quick trivia though. Do y'all know what the all time record is here? No, uh, I have no idea. It, it was wasn't it five hundred a couple of years ago. No, no, no! It's not that, not that crazy. It's that, but it is. That's 50, Vandy and all. Twenty. I mean, Vandy Vanderbilt and all. Sorry, 
Yeah, Vanderbilt has beaten Georgia 20 times. I would have bet a million dollars on the under, 19 and a half. So, you know, have we, go ahead. Have we beaten Georgia, excuse me, have we beaten Auburn and Alabama combined 20 times? Probably right at it. We're 34 to 10 against (laughs) Auburn. Uh, And we're something in 12, I think, against Alabama. Yeah. Now we always have wins vacated and stuff, so you know, go with that. Fifty two and ten against Alabama. I think they probably vacated the fourteen win. They did. The fourteen win got vacated. Okay, so that's exactly twenty wins. So exactly we have as many wins against the state of Alabama as Vandy has against Georgia. That that really does surprise me because I mean uh, you look at like what Vanderbilt is as a program and what Georgia is as a program. And they should literally never lose to Vanderbilt. I told you that Georgia really stunk in the 90s. Well, I'm just wondering how many of those came when, like, Sewanee was still in the SEC. Like, <laughs> I can't so imagine. Vanderbilt won eight of the first ten. Yeah, back in 1911. Thirteen of the first 21. So um, – Like Georgia's team had yellow fever or something? Yeah, exactly. Vanderbilt has only won – one, two, three, four, five since 1991, which is more than I expected. It's probably yeah. more times than Ole Miss to beat Alabama since 91. Well, I mean, to give verifiable fact, we beat them. Well, may, we may have beaten them actually five exact times. Either way, that's still pretty incredible. Um, no, all right. Three we'll, times, we'll, well, four, including the vacated wins. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it in the SEC East. I don't have anything to add. I mean, I, if, I had to, if I had to take a team – I honestly might take Vanderbilt. I feel like they may kind of want to go out and win one for the Gipper uh, just because, I mean, like I said, they didn't come to Vanderbilt expecting to be, you know, going 10 and 10 and 0 in, in the regular season. And if you could get 35 and a half, then 38 to three covers. So if you get 35 and a half, I might take Vanderbilt just to be contrarian. But all right, the next one is so Zach, you may have something to say on this one. I, I don't really know anything at all about this game. South Carolina early in the season, Sort of looked kind of competent. That the most puzzling game of the season is when they went down to Auburn and, and kind of whipped them. Um, this is uh, Kentucky minus eleven and a half. Uh, Over under is forty seven and a half. The game is in Lexington. I don't really know if I would have anything to really say about this game. I kind of feel like this one's going to be gross, and South Carolina somehow covers just because Kentucky's not going to do that much. And it'll just be a weird game that South Carolina covers. Yeah, I agree. This has got 13 to 6 written all over it. I, but both of these teams are done. Kentucky, the wheels fell off midseason. Um, they don't have anything to play for. Carolina obviously doesn't have anything to play for. But I don't think Kentucky's offense is capable of covering 11 and a half against most relatively competent teams. And I think that's what Carolina is. They're not particularly good at anything. They're not just awful either, though. So uh, it's going to be a brutal game. But I could not lay that 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 number of points with Kentucky. I'd take the Gamecocks here and hope to sweat it out, maybe get a backdoor late. I'm, I'm telling that. That's – you know, the only thing Kentucky's got going for them is their head coach is still there and South Carolina's isn't. And I guess they're playing at home. I'm still not going to lay 11 and a half with Kentucky or whatever you said it was. Wouldn't lay 10 and a half here. So uh, give me the Gamecocks um, to cover. I think Kentucky wins. But I just don't think Kentucky's capable of scoring enough points to cover this one by 11. The only thing I hesitate is Kentucky seemed to be decent up front against Ole Miss on defense, and South Carolina's strength is running the ball with a running back. So, you know, maybe it's a decent matchup for Kentucky. Other than that, I expect South Carolina to cover. Yeah, I watched watched what we did against South Carolina. That defense, when it's bad, is really, really bad. So I'm actually going to go with a cover here for Kentucky, as crazy as that seems, but not a convincing one, like a 27-14, you know, I got 23-10 type game. I just – I don't think there's going to be a ton of points. And I don't know what either of these teams have to play for. I mean, I I know what Ole Miss has to play for. It's a new coach. It's guys, you know, that are having fun. I know what Bama and Florida and and, – Texas A&M have to play for. I don't know what either one of these teams has to play for. I, I don't. I, to me, it would seem hard just to get going, you know, 
on a Saturday in Kentucky when it's probably going to be in the low, you know, low 40 or whatever at kick at 730. Uh, all right, let's keep it last game, SEC East. Uh, it's and I, I'm going to let you guys go ahead and tell y'all's reasoning here because y'all are going to just absolutely go against everything I'm going to say. So I want y'all to go ahead and shit on, on my opinions here. Florida at Tennessee. Florida is laying 17 and a half. And then over under sitting around 61 and a half, 62. I'm laying the points. <laughs> yeah. I worry here that, that, Tennessee can't keep up if I'm trying to take the Vols or considering taking the Vols. And we know that Florida can score, but this is not going to be much in the way of an X's and O's analysis. But I will just comment on this. That's a weird number. 17 feels so low when you consider how these two teams have played and what they have left to play for uh, over the course of the season. It feels like Vegas thinks this is Pruitt's last stand and maybe the Vols put up a fight for him. But I, I just know I said the same thing about Florida and Kentucky last week. I know that one team can score and one team can't score. If I've got to bet it, I feel like I'm laying the 17. But that 17 under the key number of 21 there, it's weird. It feels like Vegas thinks they know something here. I'm going to actually lay the points too with Zach. I, I just, I like Florida and a uh, huge Florida guy, actually. Just, I think they're the most impressive or second most impressive team I've seen in person this year, other than Alabama. So I, I don't think that Tennessee's very good at all. I'm back on that train. I think Florida wins this by 20 plus. Uh, you said the line was 17 and a half. Is that right? Or is it 16 and a half? Right. You might get catch it at eighteen, but um, yeah, I'm seeing seventeen and a half uh, across the board. Actually. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Gators. I mean they they kind of manhandled Georgia. They've pretty much manhandled everybody they played this year. I, I sands the loss. I, I just I don't I don't see Tennessee being able to keep pace. All right. Uh, this is, you know, a faulty, perhaps flimsy limb going down on here. But I don't know Tennessee, what he's fixing to do. Go ahead. Tennessee, Tennessee defense isn't awful. It's 35th in S&P Plus. Uh, they gave up 30 points a couple weeks ago against Auburn, so what wasn't great. Uh, and then 24 points the, uh, the previous week against Arkansas. But this is a rivalry game. I mean, for all, you know, for all we say about what the, what the, the line is, it's you know this is one of the bigger games for Florida, the, this and Georgia, and I guess to some extent Vanderbilt because of how much Vanderbilt cares. It's a big game for them, and you know you can't really go off of this. But the last time these two teams played in the month of December, 12-1-2001, Tennessee won thirty four thirty two. So I've got a little bit to back me up here. It wasn't close last year. It wasn't all that close the year before as well. But these two teams have played. Uh, let's see, three one score games before that in a row. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to keep it sort of close. I'm not going to in any way take them out right. But I do think that, you know, Austin, you touched on it kind of being, you know, their their last stand there with uh, in, in Tennessee. I, I don't think they're going to cover. I do think – I mean, excuse me, win. I do think they're going to keep it close. And if I'm catching, you know, two-plus scores, I, I could see a, a 35 to 20 game here. I don't know that you could get a money line on this game. For Tennessee, that'd be like <laughs> plus eight hundred. Oh, it'd be it. Hopefully, it'd be more than that. It'd be like plus fourteen hundred. I don't. I mean, you'd be an idiot. There's no way Tennessee wins. It's but plus five fifty right now. That's it. Yeah. I just don't think tennis. This Tennessee team is is bad enough to just lay down every game. To end, the, perhaps I'm just. I mean, they've they've lost what five games in a row now. Yeah. But at some point, this Tennessee team is a little too talented. <laughs> They're, they're a little You're too ridiculous. talented. They're ridiculous. Look. And they're 0-5 against the spread in those five. <laughs> they're they're too talented. Yeah, I mean, they've got whipped. I mean, 44-21, th- yeah, 34-7. Uh, that was against Kentucky of all teams. At home. Um, at home. But at some point, this is Custer's last stand. They're not going to get whipped every single game out. You know, eventually it's going to land on black. Here. Look, so, I right. think that they can have that against A&M. I don't think they can do that against Florida. 
I think Florida is just too good. They, I mean, yeah. they at least on offense. I, I could be wrong, but it's hard to have Custer's last stand when Kyle Trask is the other quarterback. Well, and Kyle Pitts is out there. I, well, I think and that, also just a reminder about what happened to Custer and Custer's last stand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Custer's second to last stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's go back. Let's go back and then hit the penultimate stand. All right. Texas A&M uh, at Auburn. This is a game that started off that line started off at Texas A&M minus three and a half. It's been bet all the way up to, I think it got to seven earlier today. It settled at six and a half. Um, this is kind of a weird line, especially when it was three and a half. I just, that seemed low. Uh, if you've watched the, that, all, this Auburn team all year and kind of how flat they've come out at times, but the Texas A&M, what Zach, we said, uh, you know, Kellamont had what 105 yards passing last week against LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is a game that Auburn Jesus kind of helps them. They haven't had, I mean, yeah, okay, they had that game against Ole Miss where Lord knows, literally and figuratively, that they got a little bit of help. I just feel like this game, I don't know if they win, but they always have a game where they have no business being in or having a chance to win. I feel like this is it because A&M hasn't been that impressive outside of that Florida game. They really don't do a lot offensively to really make you go ah or ooh. Um, And Jimbo just, (laughs) he doesn't do it for me. He constantly coaches not to lose. I feel like this is going to be a tight one, and I feel like Auburn – somehow keeps it close, but also Jimbo doesn't really do anything to try to distance themselves in this game. I feel like Auburn covers in a really weird close game that's never really close, but the score just makes it look like it is. So I completely agree with everything you just said, Zach, except I think Auburn wins the game. Um, I think this is on the planes, correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. Give me the Tigers. Look, I agree with everything Zach just said. So for the sake of redundancy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say much more than that. I, I don't like Kellen mind. Um, I just, I think Bo Nix has a game where, you know, they just play well at home, and and they. It, this is a gut feeling for me. The line is seven. I definitely take Auburn to cover. Matter of fact, you could lock that in for me. Auburn covers the seven points at home, but I think Auburn also wins outright. So if you want like a super dog or whatever they call it, take take Auburn. Yeah, from a motivational standpoint, from a situational standpoint. Um, from an X's and O's standpoint, from a statistical standpoint, everything here would seem to favor A&M. Auburn lost a couple of O-linemen last week, so now they're down three of their top five O-linemen. Tank Bigsby is banged up. They're running back. I think he's going to play, but he's obviously not going to be at 100%. Um, Auburn's defense hasn't looked like an Auburn defense, the Auburn defense that we've come to expect over the last 15, 20 years or so. Having said all of that, I completely agree with Ben. Auburn's are going to find a way to cover this game. That's just what they do. When you least expect it, Gus and Auburn managed to pull one of these games out of their ass. And I think this could be it because Jimbo, as Zach said, is just so content to grind out wins. He may have the more talented team, but because they're not going to maximize their possessions, he's not going to play with tempo. Uh, he's going to let Auburn hang around all game. And that's when Auburn Jesus makes an appearance. So I think you're completely right, Ben. I love the the money line sprinkle there too. I think Auburn covers. I don't know if they went out right, but you know, I, I, are you going to trust Kellen to go on the road and win a big game? Um, I, it, that's difficult to do. Not that Nix has played well. And after a beating, you know, against your rival, you would have to think that Auburn's in the dumps a little bit here. But um, I just can't lay anything close to a touchdown with Jimbo and this team. Um, so I would take the points here. I think AM might eke it out. But I think Auburn covers and probably has a shot to win outright late. Yeah. Y'all have any idea what number? So Texas A&M is what fifth nationally in the country, Zach? Do you know what number they are in S and P Plus? A and M. Yeah, I know. I'm just curious what you think they might uh, be. Overall, I have no idea, but I would guess seventeenth. Overall, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you didn't nail it, but they're fourteenth, which just says to me that 
I mean, the rankings thing is a joke. I mean, do y'all watch this Texas A&M team play? They're not very good. They had 260 yards against LSU. Like they're well, not I mean, that good. Like they had they one close. offensive touchdown, just one yeah, offensive touchdown. It, yeah. They were they were close in that Alabama game through about twenty six minutes of football, and then did nothing the remaining thirty four minutes. So I mean that, and that's what kind of gets me about the talk of getting a, a second SEC team in if Ohio State were to not play enough games or were to lose a game. A and M will get dragged. That's, yeah, yeah uh, I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, it may be a good thing because Alabama is a lot better than they were when they played that. that. That defense has come along. The offense is only clicking, you know, harder. I mean, they're they're better than they were when they played Texas A&M. That would be a drubbing. It would be a Michigan State when they made the playoff a few years ago. This is not a Texas A&M team that's fifth in the country, and that S and P S and P Plus bears that out. I don't think Auburn is the team to do it, though. I don't. I, there's nothing I've seen from Auburn that says like, oh, this is a team can go out and get a win, but it is probably a team that can cover, especially if you're getting all the way up to a touchdown. And I think they're, they're going to keep this a low scoring game. Like 20, 21, 17, 23, 17 seems about right. I don't think either offense is good enough to get into the thirties. So what was this over under? I'm, I'm pulling it up here now. Well, that's 48 just, and a half. Yeah. Something like that. that 48, seems, That seems like a, a good number to go under. I mean, do y'all see, you know, what is that? 27, 21 is, is, is a push or a win, I guess still. So it's an under look. Yeah. I agree. It seems like a, an under. I agree. Not, I don't think that, that did you ever want to bet on this. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. No, I, I was just saying, I don't think an Auburn's a team that you can trust to go out and get a win without some, you know, yeah. like help, help from the gods, but they get it all the time. Like consistently. They are, yeah. They are touched by Jesus. So not Notre Dame. It's in, it, they, it's in Auburn, Alabama. So look, I, I'm with you. I, I think, our, I guess we're all on the same page that they cover here. I, I'm just, I don't like A&M. And it's not because A&M's weird and occult and that because they under, they do less or more than anybody else in the country. And that because their athletic director, you know, ran this athletic program into the ground or because uh, Jimbo Fisher's weird or because Kellamon sucks or because like all Maroon's the band do what? Maroon is ugly. I mean, because Maroon is ugly because the band is the best part about their football game experience. None of that. Like, it's strictly because they just aren't. I mean, I guess the best way to put it is what Austin said. They just grind out wins. Like they just win by like three points, and they're, and they're perfectly content to. By the way, like they don't even attempt to force pace or anything. They that don't would take drive shots me down. crazy as a fan. Yeah. So this is I mean, this be- is impossible to handicap. But one thing about taking the under Nick, I, t- I tend to agree with you that you you can't really go over here. But I would be concerned about the potential for overtime because if they if they slog it out and you see a twenty twenty score at the end of regulation, you're screwed when it comes to the the number yeah i i mean y'all remember that msu game so looking back bill Connolly has this as a 100 percent win expectancy aka if they played this game 100 more times texas a&m wins all 100 and it was a 28 to 14 game and that was like i don't know if y'all recall it but msu was down two scores with like eight minutes to go with the ball and i mean they might as well have been down 60 Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. It was about like Kentucky. I mean, they were punting to win. Like there was, yeah. you know, they didn't care. That adjusted scoring margin in that game was thirty point four. So like, if they played a hundred times on average, they would beat them by thirty. That's just kind of what they do. I mean, they beat Arkansas. They scored a, a few more points in that game, but it was just a slog. Last week was a slog. Just Texas A&M. Also, other than that late drive against Florida. Have, they haven't looked impressive all year long, and and that in that game, I don't know if y'all recall, they just kind of hung around and won that game. It wasn't like they came out and beat up on Florida. So, uh, you know, I I kind of I kind of think Auburn might win this one outright. And if I, I was doing a money line sprinkle, uh, Austin, what are you getting that close to maybe plus two seventy five or so? Let's see, plus two hundred. Well, that's just not as high as I'd like, but it it may be something to, to take a look at. Um, all right, next game, uh, this is the only uh, East-West game, I guess. Uh, a game I kind of like uh, when it's when it's a full stadium. It's the typically played the, the Friday after Thanksgiving. It's the border war, I think that's what it's called. Uh, Arkansas at Missouri. Um, Missouri is uh, laying either two and a half or three, and the over-under is about 52 and a half. 
Uh, what's the line again? Uh, two and a half or three. Ugh. Uh, I'd, I'd probably think Arkansas. I'd, I think Arkansas might win this game. I'd take Arkansas. Who's favorite here? Missouri, the home team. Missouri's favored by three over Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like this game. Stay away. If I had to pick it, I'd pick Arkansas just because I like the I, – I just like their vibe on the season. Uh, you know, they just – Arkansas has no reason to not get up for teams. Um, I, this is stay away. I don't know enough about the team. I have not watched Missouri play enough this year to, to pick a game for them like and be confident. The over-under is 40 or 51 and a half. I would probably go under that, um, but I would take Arkansas to cover. Go against the grain a little bit here. Arkansas has certainly exceeded all of our expectations, I think, um, this year, but they do appear to have hit a wall at this point in the season. Florida rolled them up just a couple weeks ago, and granted, Florida has done that to a lot of people this year. But then uh, a couple weeks ago when LSU – managed to grind one out against them. It looked to me like Arkansas might be running on fumes a little bit here for all the effort and for all of the hype that uh, they've gotten. And and Sam Pittman has been able to squeeze out of them um, the excitement level and and all that. Arkansas still has a very limited roster, still not a very good team. And last week, Mizzou absolutely destroyed Vandy. And I know Vandy's bad, but Mizzou did to Vandy what some other programs that are much better than Mizzou have not been able to do to Vandy this year. Mizzou put up 603 total yards against Vandy last week. Vandy had 196. Um, So they just absolutely crushed Vandy. It wouldn't surprise me this week if, if Mizzou not only wins, but, but wins by double digits here. I think Arkansas might be limping toward the finish. Mizzou seems to be hitting their stride. I think Mizzou has a better roster top to bottom. It's at Mizzou. I know home field doesn't mean much now, but I would lay the three with the Tigers. I considered locking it in. I'm not going to, but I think Mizzou rolls. Yeah, and I hate to you know to to go right after you because I'm just going to piggyback on what you said. I, I I do too. I think that Arkansas is is kind of they've they've their offense has improved, but that defense has not not gotten much better as the year went along. They kind of peaked early in the season, and and now he's not the back that he was last year. But Raheem Boyd opted out. It's going to focus on the draft, so I, I do think that's going to hurt them. I mean, he's their their second leading rusher as a running back. I know Franks has got a lot of yards on the ground as well. But that I mean that's one more guy they're not going to have in a game that you know may not mean a ton to these teams, but I do think it means a little more to them than a traditional game. I mean they are right up the road, and I think they're kind of turning this into a little bit of a rivalry. So I think Missouri, you know, between seven and ten points, I, I really think that they're going to they'll cover this one. All right, last one uh, SEC game of the week, actually game of the week. It's on um, CBS at, at seven o'clock Central Time. It is Alabama uh, open at twenty five all the way up to. Uh, anywhere from 29 to 29 and a half and the over under 67 and a half, which kind of, kind of looks like a good under because I think that it's going to be like 63 to nothing. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one, you know, there was a point where I was thinking, no, LSU's got the horses. They can kind of at least keep things at bay. They've got talent, but, after what I saw last week and what I think Nick Saban is wanting to do in this game, I'm going to hmm, – what did you say the line was at right now? Uh, I, I see 28 and a half. Actually, I see 28 and a half, 29 and 29 and a half. Ugh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll lay the points. I could see like a – Shit, I could see like a 56 20, something like that. Like they're going to try to run it up. LSU's not good. They don't know who their quarterback is. Defensively, they're kind of all over the place. Bo Pelini's just been a disaster. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going tied here big. I think they roll literally and figuratively. So I'll be quick. I'm going to lock in Alabama to cover. Shoot. Woo. I don't think, 
I don't wow. think that Alabama has to try to cover this line. I think LSU yeah, me neither. And I think that that was evidence last week. And they're going to play hard for about six minutes Saturday <laughs> and, until they realize that Devontae Smith and them are just going to run past them and Najee Harris is going to run over them. Alabama rolls here like 42 to three. Yep. I agree. And Nick, I'm going to take it from you. Lock in the under for me as well. Um, God bless me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I agree with Ben. I won't add much here to, uh, except to say LSU has had this ass whipping coming since last year. So Saban has revenge from last year's game. But then after LSU ducked Bama earlier this year, if it's, you know, I didn't think it would be possible to piss Saban off any more than they did after winning last year. I think Saban is going to be out for blood here. And uh, Terrence Marshall opting out tells me exactly where LSU's locker room is in terms of morale and motivation. He wanted no part of this game. I think most of their players want no part of this game. Even if they were motivated to win this game, they have a depleted roster. The talent disparity is is huge. We saw that LSU could barely move the ball last week against A&M, who, granted, has a good defense. I still think Alabama's defense is better than A&M's top to bottom right now. LSU is not going to score here. You know, they get maybe 7, 13, something like that. Bama goes high 40s. I think we go under 67 comfortably. And uh, I'm with Ben. Anything under 31 feels like stealing here in terms of the, the spread. Oh man! All right, I I, I want to go ahead and lock in Alabama money line, uh, li- <laughs> literally, literally whatever it is. No, I, I mean this is I, I like the. It's minus three thousand, by the way. That's still, man. If you've got three thousand dollars and you want to make a hundred bucks, it's an easy return on investment. It's there is no way they lose this game. I mean, LSU each collective player can play the games of, of their life, and it's not going to be you know with it a touchdown, but. Uh, I don't love the under quite as much as I, I like the the point spread. I think that this one is a best case scenario. I think you're you're keeping Alabama best case in the high thirties, and I think best case scenario for LSU here is thirteen. So that gives me a ton of leeway in terms of what the what the spread is going to be. Alabama is most likely breaking fifty, and I really don't know that LSU is going to break double figures. So this is a, a beat down. Um, Zach, let's go to break so I can, I can gather my thoughts after I had two of my locks taken. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here, hear from the sponsors. When we come back, we'll have the rest of our locks uh, for you. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. 
uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion. All right, we've run through the SEC slate. We're going to jump into locks now. Nick, if you've got a third one since you had two stolen from me, go ahead and fire one away. Oh, I was on mute there. Okay, last week I picked Ohio State. The game was canceled. Uh, so far as I know, they are planning on playing this week again. Uh, Ohio State has fewer and fewer and fewer chances to impress the committee. Last week, I was going to lay 27.5, I believe, against Illinois. This week, it's 23.5 against Michigan State. The only way that Michigan State covers this spread is if they keep Ohio State under 24 points because they're not scoring. I mean, they are. that is an absolutely terrible offense. Not the best defense that, that Ohio State's had, you know, in, in Urban Meyer or Jason Day's time there. Excuse me, Jason Day. Um, time there, but – this is a Michigan State team that cannot put up any points. Ohio State's going to cover this line pretty easily. Uh, I think I can lock it in at 23 and a half, so go ahead and give me that. I'm thinking of 45 to 10, 45 to 7 at best type game for Michigan State here. Hmm. All right. Um, is Indiana Wisconsin still on? Um. Let's take a look. Yeah, Indiana, Wisconsin minus 14. All right. I'm going to lay the points. Badgers. No Michael Penix. He was the heart of that team. I think Indiana struggles to move the football, and I think Wisconsin just kind of runs them over and molds them into cheese. Bonnie. Yeah, I think I think Wisconsin. I mean, they've kind of got something to prove here too. I mean, especially after that that debacle in Evanston, right? Ugh, yeah, that was bad. Um, I can go on and get my third if y'all want. Yeah, so go ahead. 
finish Colorado it off. Colorado at Arizona. Guess how many – guess Arizona's record over the last 10 games. It can't be good. Someone's trash. 0-10. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say 2-8. Wow. Yeah, 9-18. They've lost 10 straight. Some, they've lost 10 straight, and nine of them have come by 10 or more points. Good Lord. Colorado's favored by six. Give me the buffs. I'm just going to play the odds here. I think the best pick is under 59.5 in this game, but just I'm just going to play the odds on Colorado, and um, I'm going to say Colorado minus six. You know, Arizona, I guess, is due, but any program that's lost 10 in a row, forget about it. Give me the buffs. Go buffs. All right, Nick, what what can you give me on BYU and Coastal? Oh, that's a game that's just been added. Let me see. Do they – okay, I, this is a bigger line than I thought. BYU minus 10? Yeah, let me lay the 10 with the Cougs. Um, Whoa. Coastal has gotten by uh, this year by bullying Sunbelt teams. They have, they're strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, they're a well-coached team. Chadwell may actually be coaching himself into a bigger gig. I like that team a lot, but they're not going to bully BYU. And BYU absolutely needs this win if they're going to be taken seriously in terms of the playoff. Um, I, I still think they come up short and on the outside looking in from a playoff perspective, but you don't even stay in the conversation if you can't beat a team like Coastal by two touchdowns. So uh, I have a little concern about BYU traveling cross-country on short notice, but I think BYU just has the dudes to roll over Coastal here. I think you see the difference in quality. Ben's big on, you know, the type of guys that one program recruits over the other. BYU recruits superior athletes to Coastal. So uh, let me lay the 10 with uh, BYU. All right, Zach, you want another one? Or I've, got, I've got one if you're, if you're needing a little time. Um, no, I got one. I'm going to stay uh, – Hmm. Well, BYU is leaving the West to go East, but I'll stay out West. UCLA at Arizona State. Is Arizona State still favored by three here? Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's three everywhere. Okay, I'm gonna lay the points with the Sun Devils. Um, UCLA's they they gave Oregon a scare. I think we're kind of starting to see that Oregon may not be the team everybody thought they'd be, but I still don't think the Bruins are very good. And I think that, it, you know, all jokes aside, man, Herm and, and the folks in Tempe have been doing good things. I mean, I think that um, Arizona State at home, night game, I think with what they've got on offense, they're going to be able to uh, do a lot of things with Jaden Daniels. Um, I think they're just going to be a little bit too much, a little bit too talented all over the place um, for UCLA. So, and it's only three, so they can win by one touchdown. So, Sun Devils lay them. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with uh, this is a Clemson team last week that really just just dogged Pittsburgh. Uh, they, they're going to have to do it again this week. I think that I don't think the number one seed is probably in play. I think that Alabama is probably. Pretty much clinched that, but they need Clemson needs to be careful, you know, to stay out of that four spot. I suppose uh, they're not going to want to do that. They're going to beat Notre Dame to end the season, so that won't matter much. But they're going to have to come out and beat the crap out of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been a team kind of in flux, up and down a little bit. I'm not really sure what's going on with the Justin Fuente tenure up there. I mean, I feel like he kind of had everything going for him. He was the it guy, and I, I guess it just goes to show that maybe, you know, timing could be an issue with these places. I mean, I know, you know Tom Herman out at Texas, he was the it guy too. Justin Fuente, neither one of them having a ton of success. At least one of them is on the way out. Uh, Clemson is going to go out and need to impress people. They're laying 21 and a half, kind of a big number over that key number, but I'm going to go ahead and lay them. Man, you're absolutely right about Fuente. I think his lack of success at Virginia Tech is more surprising than Herman's lack of success at Texas and Frost's lack of success at Nebraska, I would have bet whatever you wanted to bet that Fuente would have Virginia Tech rolling by this point in his tenure. And they just, they just, they're just not there. They're not even close. 
All right. I'm Apparently up. a weird, weird situation up there, yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, Nick, what am I getting with Kansas State now? I think that's moved against me pretty heavily. Uh, you're getting seven full points. Nah. Actually, I think you can get – yeah, seven full points. Yeah, I was hoping for bigger. I think that opened around 10, 10 and a half, which was crazy. Um, you know what? We're going to double back to one we've already covered. Let me lay the two and a half or three, whatever the number is, with Mizzou against Arkansas. Yep, yep. You can get it at uh, two and a half at the Westgate. Mm. I'll take it. All right. M-I-Z minus 2.5. All right, Nick, you want to give your second? That was, uh, Clemson was my second. Okay, um, so my third. I'm still searching for a third. All I've had about. I, I liked that Missouri one a lot. That was probably gonna be my last one, but okay. Went back to the drawing board here. So my third and final lock. I'm gonna go with the Canes, the U, playing at Duke. Duke is miserable. They are two and seven. They're really bad. And I think Miami is still kind of playing for an outside shot at um, an access bowl. They're not going to make the playoff, but seven and one. Um, I think that Derek King and that offense has been pretty special this year. Uh, and Duke is just absolutely just miserable. I like the Canes here big. Um, I'm seeing 14 and a half. And it's, is it still there, Nick? Uh, yeah, 14 and a half. Okay, yeah, I'm laying the points. I think Miami rolls in a big way. Is this Cutcliffe's swan song? <sighs> it could be, man. I mean, he's seems to be on his way out just anyway, but, man, they're just not good. They're not even competitive. Yeah, and just to be clear, I don't know that Duke would fire him, but I do wonder if he would consider hanging it up, yeah. you know? Well, and, I, too, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything – you saying that's the first I've heard it, but I've thought it a hundred times. Like mm-hmm. what, I guess what's he proving over there? It almost feels like they've got to rebuild again. I mean, Duke's not going to get rid of him, you know, by any stretch, but he'd have to almost start all the way back over. Does he want to do that at his age? And it would be the third time, you know, for him to start over at program pretty much. So I just, I don't know what he's got left to prove. And this is such a bad Duke team that, you know, there's not a whole lot to build off of. It's not like it's a four and eight Duke team. I mean, this is a this is a really bad Duke team. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I was him, I, I feel like I'd probably you know ride off into the sunset. He's, I mean, the man's probably made twenty plus million, twenty five plus million dollars in his coaching career. Yeah, and he could he could coach, go right? be a consultant for an NFL team or or a blue blood college program and work you know fifteen hours a week and make plenty of money. Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, so, I mean, maybe he's he's wired differently, but it sure seems like, you know, this is a two to three year build to even being competitive again. So, uh, all right. Last one uh, for me. This is kind of surprising, honestly, that I'm going with this. This Iowa team is, you know, beating, beat up on Nebraska, uh, beat Penn State pretty good, beat Minnesota solidly. Minnesota is trash, though. Uh, I think – Illinois is catching 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. They're at home. Uh, Illinois won two straight games after starting the season 0-3. They've gone on the road to Rutgers, uh, beat them by three, and they went on the road to Nebraska two weeks ago. Uh, so they've had a bye week. They've had a little time to get, I guess, get healthy. Illinois, not a terrible team. I think they're averaging almost six yards of play in their last three uh, Big Ten games. This Iowa team, I'm just – I guess I'm just pissed off at how poorly they played against Nebraska and kind of – uh, cost me a spread. I just am not in love with the Iowa team. I think Illinois, if you get the lineup at 14, I'm only seeing it at 13. Let me double check there. Uh, I'm only seeing it at, at, at 13 and a half. But if you can get it at 14, you take it. I'm going to take it at 13 and a half either way. I love this one. I love this one. I think the public sees a good Iowa team with their wins. You just look at their resume. They look like a really good team. You dig into the resume a little bit, though. Not 
not entirely impressive. You know, they just kind of get it done, which is what Ference has done there for a long time. And I think you're right. Illinois seems to have turned a corner. That win against Nebraska was pretty impressive. They didn't just eke by Nebraska. They beat the hell out of Nebraska. So I think you're right, Nick. I think they hang in there. Yeah. I almost, I, almost picked Illinois this team. one. I like this pick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Austin, you have one left or was that, is that everything? No, I think I'm off the board. All right, so we've got all 12 locked in. Also, what was your final pick? Me and Missouri. I've got Mizzou, BYU minus 10, and Bama under 67 and a half. BYU minus 10. That's right. All right, so Zach, you want to go back over the board real quick? All right, so we've got Wisconsin minus 14, Arizona State minus 3, Miami minus 14 and a half. We've got Auburn plus 7. We have Alabama minus 28 and a half. We have Colorado minus six. We got Ohio State minus 23 and a half. Clemson minus 22 and a half. Illinois plus 13 and a half. Alabama LSU under 67 and a half. And we've got Missouri minus two and a half. And then BYU minus 10. Yeah, just so everyone pays attention, that's uh for the people that are any good at betting, that's Wisconsin, Arizona, Miami, and then that Alabama, LSU, under Missouri, and BYU. Don't listen to those middle picks. Ben and I are not doing great. <laughs> Again, Austin and Zach are combined forty three and twenty eight. I think that's about that's that's north of sixty percent. I think. Pretty he's good. doing it again, Zach. He's doing it again. He got you uh, last trying, week. He got me last week. He's trying. To, yeah, I did coming get you, off three Austin. I went three and zero last week. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to get you, Austin. No. Um. Well, Austin five and one in his last six. I, dude, it's crazy. Let's keep it rolling. Um. All right, so that's going to do it for the Legal Gambling Council Week fourteen. Like we said at the top, no Ole Miss this week, but it's fine. They'll be back next week playing Texas A and M in a freebie. Free shot to ruin someone's season, but we'll be back um, next week with another recap episode, and then we will preview Ole Miss and A&M, and then we will also have another legal gambling council for you next week as well. So until then, for Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out. 